Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to question number 56. Am I trying to am I trying to express or impress? It's part 1 of a two-part series, my conversation with Christian and Aaron Ankrum of the band Gray Shot. I sat down to record a podcast interview with them at their studio where they recorded their most recent album Surface in Northeast Minneapolis and it was so awesome. At the very end of the conversation, I said, listen, this ruled. I feel like there's something more here. What if we get together the same time, same place next week? It happened. It ruled. uh, And I could not be more pumped to finally share it with you guys here. So, hope you enjoy part one. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. Why do you ask me? Are you talking to me? Who are you? Pop quiz, hot shot. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? What do you do? What do you do? Where's the line between us sitting here having a conversation and there just happens to be microphones it's in front of us? never that. What? No. Come on. Can't it just be a fun hang? No. All right. Let's get into this. For those of you joining us for the very first time, my name is Rob Morgan, and for the past decade, I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director, and this is my podcast, right? Sit down, over drinks, on location with intriguing people I've met to try and get past what it is they do, to find out who they are, why they do it, and what I can learn from them. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, my friend, my... Did I say I was going to stop doing this? You did. Okay. I'm joined as always by my by wife, Sarah. By Sarah. I'm just by my boring wife, Sarah. Oh, my God. Strider. Oh, my God. Is last, that like a special place? Last week. I cannot believe this is happening right now. He's doing the exact same thing. Okay. Last week when we sat down to record intro for yeah. last week's uh, podcast conversation, we were sitting here and our cat, Luna, was sitting on the... Uh, Kind of, it's a bookshelf that we have that holds all our scotch and whiskey. And she was freaking out, chasing her tail. And now Strider's doing the same thing. Weird. It's driving me insane. It must be the special, like, play with your tail space. Hey, can I offer you Guinness? Oh, sure. Happy belated, by the way, St. Patrick's Day to anyone that celebrated. By the way, I get a bunch of people email me or giving me feedback about this podcast that they only listen for the intros of this, mm-hmm. which is funny because it's another thing that you should never, oh man, I'm going to take this way deeper. You should uh, never create, <laughs> in my opinion, if you're creating something, you should never first initially start off just to try to figure out what everybody likes and try to create something that'll just attract everybody. Well, because you can't do that. No, you got to freaking make whatever it is that gets you super pumped. Make something in the universe that gets you excited and th- because then at least you have one person that's going to be listening to it yourself. Oh, uh, but if you do something, if you if you just put it out there, you just have no control over what people like or dislike. So I, all that to say, I have I constantly am getting contradicting feedback from people. Oh, I love it when you do this. Oh, and then someone the next day someone will say, Oh, I I, I don't I don't like it when you do this, or I like it when you talk about this, or I don't like it when you. I, it's co- constantly contradicting to the point. It's of like I have planning to a wedding. 
Okay. Everyone has opinions. Everybody but has a freaking opinion. But at the end of the opinion. day, you're the one getting married yes. and paying for it. So shut the F up. Anyway, people share their opinions. <laughs> people share their opinions. So I think I just a remi- it's just a reminder. I've I've had I've literally had people tell me one day I've had someone say, "Oh man, your intros with Sarah are too long." Because I try to keep them under ten minutes or something. That was your <laughs> friend who's a little titty, in the uh, worst way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The most. Everyone else likes our intros. Yes. <laughs> so suck my dick. <laughs> loosen it that's hilarious yes so here's an idea this is what i've been thinking about doing i've been i've been on the ups and downs of i did this i've been doing the daily guinness episodes i said every day of 2019 i'm drinking a pint of guinness and i'm recording a podcast episode in the hopes of changing the way i look at the universe to make myself can i can i become a more curious person and change my own definition of curiosity from a noun to a verb, a lifestyle, a way I position myself in the universe. And this is interesting. This is another This is another thing I want to share with people creating something. The very first month, crushed it every day. I've drank a Guinness every day this year. Uh, you can attest to that. You have, and it's almost the end of March. Yeah, it's almost the end of March right now. And we are in debt due to your Guinness consumption. <laughs> Oh man, if you are, if you are in the same city as me and you want to take me out for Guinness, I would welcome it. <laughs> Sarah would welcome that in a massive way. But every day in January, I record a podcast episode, even when I was in other countries or in the middle of the ocean when I didn't have any internet internet reception. I did it. Uh, and then just post them when I got back uh, in the States. February, in the first half of March, some personal things were going on in my life. Music changes, things I'm dealing with that my mind excuses. is elsewhere. I know, they're excuses. But I fell off the bandwagon a little bit, and I, I still posted daily Guinness episodes. I missed a few days. I decided I need to take a step back for my own health in this period of time in my life uh, to deal with some other things that are taking the but you've from. still been drinking. But I've still been drinking. No, it's not that. <laughs> but the thing is, but I, there's something about, I think we hold ourselves when we're creating something. Well, you said you were going to do something and you, maybe you said you were going to work out this year and maybe your, uh, maybe your New Year's resolution was, I'm going to work out every day this year. I'm going to work out four days a week, whatever it is. And then you, once you fall off the bandwagon of doing it, there's something in our minds subconsciously that keeps us from pulling ourselves back on the bandwagon. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I've observed it. What it, I don't know what that is. I think you're, 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 you're more extreme, at, yes. which means that it, it can be a positive, whereas I'm more moderate. So like, yeah, okay, I didn't work out today. I'll work out tomorrow. Whereas yes. you're like, I'm done for the week and I'm eating <laughs> french fries every day. Yes, okay, that's a great example because I do want to say I love that about you. And I but I'll be, also probably never do yes. Whole30 because that seems too extremist for me, whereas yes. you might and benefit from it. Yes, and I think you're such a badass because I think you could initially take that. I would initially take that as saying, well, you can't, well, you're not, you're not going to have the willpower to push in to do something hard. But really, I think the more I've been married to you and the more I've seen the differences between us, the more I realize is it is harder to live a moderate life, to yeah. uh, question your own opinions about things and not feel like, well, I'm, I'm stuck on this. I'm going to stay this way. Right. I'm going to go, I'm being a man of extremes like I can be. Except you're- for the, Innate horror of pyramid schemes. That's one thing I hold on to. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. I, I, didn't, I didn't know where you were going with that. Uh, they are I, bad. I tell my mother every day, don't buy those. Don't buy those essential oils. It's a fucking pyramid scheme. Don't do it. 
Don't do Get it. Get the other oils. Where, how do I even tie this in? What is I, I talking about? Uh, oh, yeah. I, the, oh, yeah. The I fell off the bandwagon and I'm not, instead of being like, well, I haven't done it every day this year. So, I, no, I'm pulling myself back on and starting right now, I'm doing it this week. And, all you, and the, here's the key this week, I'm not thinking about the rest of the year. I'm going to think about this week. This week, I'm posting yes. a, a freaking podcast episode every day. And what I think I want to do is because I cut down these conversations. Usually, you and I are sitting down, and because I love talking with you so much. <laughs> our conversations uh end up being longer so i think what about extended sarah conversations so this podcast comes out on tuesdays and maybe if i we have a conversation like this one uh where it goes off a little bit longer i will post the longer conversation i have with you on maybe a wednesday or a friday so then i have to be your podcast guest every day no I'm saying I'm going to take what we already did, and then you'll be on another day this week. Okay. Does that make sense? That's fine. I think moral of the story is that there's no external commitment from you. That's what I'm asking. Okay, to introduce this episode, to introduce my guest today, Christian and Aaron Ankrum. I'm here's the deal. I was so pumped about our first conversation that we decided to sit down for a second one. So this is just going to be part one of my conversation with Christian and Aaron Ankrum. Not splitting the conversation in half, but we ended up getting together two consecutive weeks uh, in a row, and I it could not have been more enjoyable on my end. By the way, if you hear if you hear any noises in the background, I do, you don't have to be quiet, Sarah. Sarah has left the table and she's now decided to prepare dinner in the other room so that's what you're hearing uh, oh we're so real we really want to we just want to be real here uh so these guys are hilarious they're guys i look up to uh musically and i have a ton of respect for them this month they released their latest album surface and i reached out to them i said hey guys listen here's the deal what if we got together at your studio where you recorded the album in Northeast Minneapolis? We sat down. Because of it, we had a conversation that was so impactful to me that I decided that we needed to do a round two. So keep an eye out for part two of my conversation with the Ankrum Brothers. Uh, if you like, oh, by the way, the uh, I'm, I'm so pumped when my friends are willing to do this. Uh, but they have allowed me to play a couple tracks from their latest release that came out this uh, this month. Today, if you stick around to the end of our conversation, I'm going to play their latest single, Misinformation, in full, in entirety, for you, the listeners of the podcast, because I think it's awesome. If you like this song uh, and you want to check out more of their music or get in contact with them, I have all their information in the show notes of this episode, so I cannot recommend you check their stuff out enough because these guys are awesome. So this is my conversation with Christian and Aaron Ankrum of Gray Shot. This thing I do is I give, I'll give Becky a back massage like during a Seinfeld, right? Or something like that. Or whatever show is like 20 minutes because it keeps me distracted. I can do the massage. She's grateful for it. But then last night I was like, hey, I'm really tired. It's going to have to be comedians in cars getting coffee. 
the first one I put on was Trevor Noah, and then I quickly saw it was like 22 minutes. I was like, I don't want to, like I said, short today. You were, you were deciding your massage. Exactly. So the next, the next one I went to was like 10 minutes long. I was like, perfect. That's what I wanted. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's so good. Hey, talking to yours. Hey, Make you sure got me. You got yeah. me, bra? I got you, bra. That story doesn't have to make it. By the way, do you edit this or is this just like I post? Man, I was I was editing uh, at the beginning when I started a ton just because yeah. only not only because I was just the worst conversationalist. <laughs> they, seriously, it would just take me because I didn't I didn't understand. Not that I'm anything amazing now yet, uh, but I didn't understand f- uh, conversational flow. If you're not talking all the time, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, and have you thought about pre, um, like social media era? I've I've gone back and seen like YouTube deep dive stuff where it's like, do you remember this horribly uh, awkward interview where something set off the person being interviewed, like something that the interviewer said, and then the and then the celebrity is like not having it for the rest of the time and makes their world miserable. Yes. The interviewer's world miserable. Yes. Can you imagine trying to stay in it and stay present? Oh. And then some guys like a David Letterman or whoever else, like someone's like, I don't need this. So yeah. they'll start pushing back the other way. Like oh, those they, moments of being locked and they don't know each other. That's the thing. Like I know who David Letterman is and I know who celebrity is. Yes. And I feel like I know them because I've grown up with them or whatever. But like now that they're, I'm realizing this is two strangers meeting basically in front of millions of people and having a horrible conversation. Yes. Yes. The, uh, I, I mean, I've watched so many of those. Do you ever like the press interviews when they're doing, oh uh, junkets for movies. And so the, I've seen a bunch of those where the actors just get super rude yeah. to, and almost are making fun of the interviewer because maybe, maybe, they're, not, doing their maybe best. they're just being nice even, <laughs> but they're just, they're just like pushing back on them. Yo. Okay. I absolutely idolize. Do you remember Norm Macdonald? Oh yes. Okay. Office Space was one of my favorite movies. Is that uh, Norm? No, 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 I'm not thinking. That's not Norm Macdonald. Uh, not Office Dirty Space. Dirty Work? Dirty Work. Yes. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, uh, Norm's not the greatest actor, but his antics are great. What he does on late shows, if you ever want to do a deep dive into YouTube, just pull up Norm Macdonald, like Conan O'Brien stuff from the 90s. Oh, really? And it'll be a, an incredibly awkward interview between Conan and... <laughs> And whoever like celebrity is, and there's Norm, and this still happens today. Yeah, there's Norm sitting right next to him to either like dive into an incredibly more awkward moment than they're already in, or he Thank just you. pulls out some like comedic genius all of a sudden. <laughs> yes, that kind of goes over the head of like whatever actors yes. promoting their movie at the time. <sighs> And it's just beautiful to watch over and over again. Oh, man. I love... And I am so... I have such a hard time with confrontation. Like, to a fault of... Mm. I, it's hard for me to watch um, the Larry David I couldn't stuff. do it, yeah. Too much anxiety. I love it. Yeah. I, do you, are you guys Larry David? I, I got too much anxiety. I liked it, but it was I couldn't watch it at night because oh. I couldn't sleep. Yes. <laughs> One of the best so shows. Good. Yes. <laughs> Jasper always gives me crap because I can't watch it. He goes, what's wrong with you? Just watch. I'm, like, I'm way too uncomfortable. Yes. Maybe it's an empathy thing where you're putting yourself in someone's shoes. 
Yeah. Maybe, this isn't maybe fantasy for me. Human. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not doing that for, at all. for other people. It's fantasy watching. Like, oh, how funny is that awkward situation when it's too real? It's I don't need. Oh, the, I don't need yeah. to add this into my life. <laughs> I. It's like watching watching that it, for me is like watching uh, being at a piano recite, a recital and someone's bombing it on stage uh, and you feel uncomfortable for them. Do you ever get that? Yes. Yes, <laughs> you like, that I am. Yeah, <laughs> Christian just is like I, 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 I live at, for that. No, 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 no. But at the same time, I would rather go to a wedding where something goes viciously wrong. Like, <laughs> re- yeah. oh, well, okay. Not me. I was playing in a wedding, and the guy who was leading the band while the bride walked down the aisle forgot to play as she's walking down the aisle. <laughs> oh, so she walked down the aisle. Too silent. (laughs) (laughs) And I have since brought this up to her and she remembers it and I've brought it up to him and he's like, oh, huh, I don't really remember that. (laughs) For me, standing behind him, I was just like, this is terrible and awesome. (laughs) This is who I think it is, right? Yeah. So we're not going to say this person's name, but this person is... (laughs) I love this. This person is a top level musician and human being and the, the fact, person getting married or the, the person? person that forgot to play. Okay, yeah. Like both, both are. Yeah, yeah, both are. Yeah. Um, and the person that forgot to play, I've been in situations with this person when they completely bombed something, just like a like a total mental vacation. Yes. Um, not like I, they couldn't pull it off, just like, oh, spaced out like that. <laughs> Ten minutes later we walk off stage, side stage, I'm in tears laughing and they look at me and say what happened <laughs> and uh, just oblivious and they can they let still... it go and i'm so envious of the oh, ability they yeah, have to it let is it a go strength. oh it's... the moment's over they realized it but they just it, he's like oh yeah that happened and the strength oh, yeah. and the, the the ability to stay in the moment on stage and not let that derail the rest of the show is something that like if i could ask for one thing i'm like oh, that yes. right there yeah. yes and and he doesn't care He's fine with it. He's his ego's not bruised. He's not thrown off. He just jumps right into the next thing. Yeah. Let's move on. Yes. Is that person in the moment all the time? Like is that their just personality that they're there? When you're talking with them, they just seem present? No, they're just consistently not there. Oh, in a great really? way. Oh, man. <laughs> See, okay. <laughs> See, I was saying well, I don't know. Way. It's I was, I was actually going to say yeah, like to your point, I feel like in the moment yeah, definitely right there. But uh, this is getting so abstract. So personal. Okay, is. but the reason the reason I ask yeah, that sorry. is because you think I, I at least think that those are two separate skill sets: the skill set to let something go, or the skill set to be in the moment while you're mm. playing. But it's really the same thing. It's yes. the same thing of being able to shut off the voices, of anything external, and be here. Yeah, whether or not it was behind you or it's coming up. Right, it's the whole ADHD thing where yes. like you've got a hyper focus. You're hyper focusing on something, whether it's in the room or out of the room. I think yeah. that's where Christian and I were both like, yeah, sometimes this person's like they're consistently that. Yes. <laughs> okay. That yes. Is. Do you do you guys have a hard time ruminating on mistakes uh, musically afterwards? It depends like on how bad it is. <laughs> like, like because I could have done something last weekend that was like kind of bad but there's like stuff that i remember from when i was in junior high that oh. i can't let go of <laughs> <laughs> give me an example uh if are you musically or yeah, any, no 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 yeah. i remember like getting done playing a song when we were in high school and talking to phil frank about it 
And I was like, I think I was playing it a half step off. He's like, oh, you would have known if you were playing a half step off. I was like, so I really should have known if I was off or not. Like this moment, like I can come back to that. Like, Which is even worse. Yeah. Like, oh, you definitely should have known. Like there are things The cavern like just got deeper for you in that moment. Yes. Like, oh, there's oh. more that I'm unaware of. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. So the only much thing, to, uh, like 13 and wetting my pants. <laughs> the only thing worse than making a mistake is making a mistake and not knowing you made a mistake oh. and being pumped about it. Oh yeah, that was awesome. What are you talking about? We 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 weren't even playing the same song. Right. <laughs> so, someone asked me at one point, I think a couple years ago, like, who mixed that? Something something that I was working on. I was like, I did, man. Thanks. Yeah, like I worked super hard on it. I feel like I hit a new level. Like I felt like some things were coming into clarity. And then I was like, a two second pause. I was like, you didn't say why you asked who mixed it, did you? <laughs> <laughs> what did they did they follow up of uh, it, it's you know. unclear <laughs> it's unclear whether it was like ah oh, the mixes are not up to snuff or yes. if it, if he was gonna be like yeah it sounds really good like it was just he was it was kind of like a laugh about it yeah we laughed about it and then moved on because we're friends oh thing, yeah <laughs> i mean i was in eighth grade and i was playing a basketball game and i shot it in the wrong hoop and i made it and as i'm <laughs> I'm I'm running back to go on what I thought was defense, which was offense, with the guy who was with me, oh, yes. right? And I, I say to him, I'm like, what's with the no defense? Because <laughs> no. no one was around and everyone was cheering, right? That's so good. And, and he so says, good. you just scored in our basket. <laughs> to which I'm thinking... How did I not know that? I've played basketball for years now, but it's that yeah. it's that yeah. same thing where it's like you're yes. so like confident you did the right thing and you couldn't have done the more oh, wrong thing. You're, you're just almost cocky yeah. about it, <laughs> yeah. man. That's a tough thing, especially for bass. We were talking about musical mistakes. At least for me, there's it. There's like such a cool thing that happens. You have one freaking note. You don't have a whole chord to worry about. You have one <laughs> note to figure out and try to get on it. And the like to me, one of the most badass things as a bass player are the moments where you just, you know, there's a big break and you just slam this massive note with like a ton of confidence and just go for it. It's just super ballsy. And that's like the greatest <laughs> thing about being a bass player. But in order to do that, you have to have done that and played like a half step off or right. completely botched it so many times. <laughs> have we talked about my theory about rock band instruments and the scale of easiest to learn, easiest to fake? No. So, oh, so I want this. Easiest to learn in order for me goes bass, guitar, drums. But it's the exact opposite for easiest to fake goes drums bass guitar because no, it's, no, no. well you put bass is it drums are the easiest to fake Dr drums are the easiest to fake and then would it be guitars easiest to fake thank you and then bass yeah i had the inner monologue of like oh, oh i'm not screwing so? this up because oh, i'm okay. saying it this is really great that okay I'm not screwing up my order Let's easiest to learn bass bass guitar guitar drums yes easiest to fake drums guitar bass because obviously you can lock into a no and like like okay I know where G is now I know where D is like you can you can learn where things are at on a bass yeah. but when it comes to a live environment I as a guitar player can can find the one 
and find one chord form and move like one little thing and I don't I, I know the drummer's keeping the tempo for me oh, the bass okay, player's deciding yeah, yeah. where the roots are. not easiest to fake in the sense of uh, just like track it or fake but Easy to fake a uh, mistake. Yes, and like okay. to get oh, by on stage. Yes, okay. That you yes. don't know the song. I can like you don't by. know the song. Yes, I can okay. jump I'm up with a cover totally band and play drums. Yes, I'm totally tracking with you now. Yeah, and I'm not a good drummer. Yes, you know what I mean. But like, I can't get up with and play and fake bass because everybody knows when the root's wrong on a song that they know. Yeah, everybody knows when they're missing it, but nobody knows if the guitar player is like, "Oh, he's just sussing a four a little yes. bit longer." Like whatever, <laughs> no yes. one cares. Yes, you know, and especially even in like basic pop. Mm -hmm. circumstances where bass is just supposed to play the root even if you don't make a mistake and say you're trying something different and you're playing the third or like an inversion of it i've Massive. had people ask me say oh do you do you know the chords i'm like yes i'm this is being artistic here i'm not making a mistake <laughs> <laughs> there's no room for that no sorry uh so yeah, you did make a mistake yeah mistake so you did make a mistake <laughs> <laughs> you can't account for taste <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's true Okay, I yes, that drives me insane that as a guitar player you can show up, especially in a lot of our circles musically, and kind of know the songs, but you can always slide in just like a just a, you can blend, you, you can, can swell blend, in, swell in, oh, yeah. Yeah. you can delay out. Yeah, then it's easy to go. <laughs> you just create a signature sound, and yeah. we could list our friends right now and say what their signature sound is, which we won't. Yeah, all of our like amazingly talented guitar player friends, but it's also a free pass. Yes. Oh, that's kind of what he does. Or like, you know, whatever. But yes. bass players, you guys do not get that uh, freedom. So sucks to be you, really. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, my life is very tough. Right? <laughs> Rob, you get that. I get it. Man, I... Well, now... Uh, yeah, I have done. We've been. I've been doing stuff where I will swell in. So for like some of the slower songs, do it like a bass pad. So the same thing guitar players just doing, but almost trying to make it sound like a synth and swelling mm -hmm. in a delay. And it makes my life so much easier. I it, you totally can. Yeah. I'm. I'll, I'll just sit there and wait till I hear a chord played. I'm like, oh, we're going to the five. All right, sweet. I'll come in. <laughs> they yeah. The man. I just had a conversation. I just talked with Chris Coza. Oh, cool, about yeah. uh, uh, something that I would s relate to being similar with this in that uh, his big question is, do I want to be doing this right now? Uh, and so every choice not being because you can't play it and you don't know the chords, making sure you know everything, and then your your delay, your signature sound is because it's a choice instead of, well, I just can't yeah. learn the songs. Because yep. <laughs> my, my only, I'm only wondering if you can tell the difference. Can you tell the difference... The limitations. What, yes, I mean, I mean, the uh, the musicians that you're talking about, the guitar players you're talking about, I can even tell. I can tell by their approach to chords if they don't know the song. or Oh, not. you're talking about this same guy, maybe more prepared or less prepared. Yes, even with day. the sound, even with your signature guitar sound, with all those delays and reverbs, that you can still tell if you're trying to cover up the fact that you sure. don't know what you're doing. But would you rather have the guitar player with great tone? And doesn't know the parts, or the guy who knows all the right parts and has terrible tone and feel. <laughs> Would you right? rather? Yes. Oh, a tone, a hundred percent. Right, like <laughs> fake it yeah. and have that great sound, and I'll I'll hire that guy. You know who the hardest one is for me, and because I'm I don't play live in these environments yeah. anymore. It's all sitting in this room. Yeah, Jasper, because Jasper Jasper nephew, 
who I believe comes up on this podcast every once in a while oh, yeah. and in the social media surrounding it. I'm trying to get him on. He refuses. He refuses to do this with oh, me. Oh, he would be so good. Oh, man. Yeah. He'd be, be doing cat noises for oh, 45 I'd, I'd, minutes. I would love I would love it. I think the situation is going to need to be where it's a group dynamic where there's multiple of us. Mm. Like like this. This yeah. is It wouldn't be the one-on-one because he, he would just find that so boring, I think. He refuses to do it. But I, I think I could convince him. Maybe that if I say the four of us. That'd be fun. I'll do something. That. We'll get him in here. I like it. That'd be awesome. Okay, so you're saying so the when thing, he's tracking. The, the thing that's one of the brilliant things about Jasper is that he'll, he you know, everybody, when you're tracking a new thing, you're you're creating the part, right? So he'll, he'll get to the point where he's like, uh, he found a part, right? Yeah. And he'll play it. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it again. And then he'll do something 40% the other way that's also great. And then he'll go 60% the other way. So for him, it's not... Um, wh- whereas some guys are going to settle into something and just cover up like, this is new to me. They're going to cover that up with sure. some of their old tricks. Jasper just keeps pushing the boundaries out in every direction. Like, yes. here's seven different options that are pretty wildly different from yeah. each other like yeah what do you think his vocabulary <laughs> is on his instrument is absurd like yeah. i've never met somebody yeah so he doesn't that. belie any discomfort to me at all do you know what i mean oh okay and that's yeah and usually that's where i to your original question that's when i can pick up on it is like uh i can i can tell because of there, there's something in the, then they're doing that's showing me some hesitation or like a lack of confidence to be out front or mm. something Jasper's like, here, this can go out front. So can this. So can this. So can just, this. Oh yes. You know what I mean? If you are almost just playing in the background or playing even I mean, I can I mean you're saying that and I mean instantly thinking of an multiple times where I will play just super quiet. Yeah. I don't know the chords, so maybe I'll just like turn myself down a little yes. bit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and fake it. Yeah, because you do have to. If you know it, you're right in on it. And there's like right on the downbeat, whatever. There was something I started thinking about a while ago. Which was what would it take and what would happen if uh, my comfort zone could be in a place of discomfort? So if you can find comfort in uncomfortable places, how could how much could that benefit me? Hmm. And I think that what I was talking about with Jasper is a really good example of it. This is something I'm always working on. Like, oh, if I can just be comfortable in the situation where 10 minutes to get your stuff on stage set up with a sound guy you don't know play to a cold room that that's comfortable how much more will i enjoy that experience you know versus that being the thing that i'm always trying to avoid having happen which i still try to avoid having that happen as much as possible but dude that is so freaking heavy that's awesome that's like a life thing the the, and not just music because i'm thinking about uh a quote i heard recently that said hard decisions easy life Easy decisions, hard life. Yeah, that's and, amazing. And the, where wow. they were, and the person was talking about discomfort in that. If you can get comfortable in making the tough decisions or doing the hard work, then so many other things in life will be better. That's huge. That's interesting because I, I think about I like to th- I like to think about all the places where I've gotten comfortable in discomfort, and then when you say that, I'm like, oh. I'm so bad at like daily task and routine stuff that my life can okay. just, you know, you know what I mean? Like those yes. things that would make my life easier if I could just like get my brain around it. So yeah, it's just like hits yes. and misses all over in my different various places of my life. If you could just get your brain around that being comfortable in discomfort mm-hmm. thing, 
Yes. Yeah. Are you comfortable in discomfort? You are way more Christian. Are you still with us? Is Christian still No, I'm just thinking about even it's making me think of the the jo- like what people like you uh find enjoyable about Curb Your Enthusiasm is because it's uncomfortable. Or it's always in sunny in Philadelphia. That yeah. show. I mean, the 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 benefit of that show is the uncomfortable situations, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, and you love that crap. Okay, so yeah, for me, I feel like I thrive in a situation where someone, bring it back to a wedding, someone is very intent on it has to be this way, it has to be perfect, and it has to have all these things because that's the way it is. Yes, where I'm just like. No, none of that matters. We'll do what we can and we'll have a good time doing it because if we don't, what's the point? You know, like if you're like a high stress situation for me is really fun because (laughs) I don't like to be stressed out. And so I try to help others not be. And sometimes like a type A person hates me. Yeah. (laughs) Like I've just kind of. Come Interesting. That, but. So you're, it's almost the combating, this is a stressful situation, so I'm going to, it's not that you naturally find it fun, it's almost like you're trying to make it fun. I'm just trying to take out involved. the, the, uh, the reverence of a situation, you know, like. <laughs> yes. That's a good way to say Yeah, you do a good job with that. Yeah, I just think there's certain situations where it's like people hype it up too much and you're like, well, actually, if we just look at things at face value and whatever it is you try to do your best and you have fun doing it with other people and Aaron knows that when that's not happening for me I'm you know I can be hypocritical right now like there have been stress situations where I'm like wanting to chop everyone's head off but um but that's when it's my thing you know that's important when it's my thing (laughs) when it's someone else's thing then I'm way more laid back (laughs) You, you do a really good job of not being bogged down by the details and I think the balancing part of like the type A people being driven nuts about you. And I've actually heard people say like, sometimes the Ankrum brothers drive me insane <laughs> <laughs> because of this very conversation. But I think the balancing, the you bring a really great balance to the room uh, in those situations, like lightening the mood and helping that person. First of all, you come up, you show up really prepared for those kind of things. And then when they say, oh, he's prepared... And he's not losing his shit. Like both of those things together, mm. like, oh, this is mm-hmm. this is helpful. And I think that's where like where maybe they want to push you away because of the, because of that. They're right. like, but I really like having him in the room. I love yeah. I love pinch hitting. I guess that that would be the thing. I love being called like the dream of being called up for the gig the morning yes. of, right? Yes. Like you love stepping into that situation where you go and you do your best, but the expectations weren't really there for you does that is that also because oh, you didn't have to go to yes. rehearsal that you really like oh, that 100 <laughs> yes Dude, <laughs> yes i love that crap how have you ever been in at a concert or i remember my earliest memories of what you're talking about uh, in a way are when i was younger going to church with my family before right like right when i first started learning bass and i just remember thinking oh man maybe this will be the day that the bass player trips right now and he breaks his arm <laughs> and i have to show up <laughs> Or have you ever had those thoughts? Oh, yeah. You had a show like, like maybe I'll have to jump up and say yeah. another song. Does anybody <laughs> happen to know? <laughs> Aaron, Does some... anybody know Adam Clayton's parts? We right, need totally, a bass player totally. at this U two concert. 
Does yes. anyone know? It, does anyone know with or without you? It's four notes. Yes. Yeah. And like, is there any three thousand hands go up at the U two show? Like, we've all had this like fantasy. I'd always have picks uh, in my pocket and be like, yes. What if the guitar player needs a pick and mm-hmm. I could like hand him a pick mid song? Yes. <laughs> I man, I I love that thought of the the pinch hitter. In not in the sense that I know anything about baseball because I I'm gonna have to oh that's a baseball I'm, term is that <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm over here just in a thesaurus just I'll throw you a curb ball here oh, yeah. uh, Siri what's a pinch hitter why <laughs> you know you keep talking I'll I'll catch up in a second no but I remember when I, I whenever I would watch late night shows I'm so fascinated with Andy Richter I think that's everybody oh, looks amazing. at Conan O'Brien. But to me, what the coolest job in the room there would be Andy Richter, where you get to wait until you you only chime in when you have the funniest line to say. Right. It's the, yeah, it's the Ed McMahon. Like, yes. You're just there, slightly intoxicated, waiting for your moment. <laughs> this, is, this is illuminating yeah. so much about you. Yeah, it's it's really... As I'm thinking through all this life scenarios that I share with you as a brother, bandmate, co-worker. Oh, I thought you were being sarcastic. No, it really is. <laughs> because the amount of times where um, percentage-wise, like a verbal contribution from Christian is a very small piece of it. Mm. But the impact of it is massive. Like you don't call in a pinch hitter in the first inning Yes, in a no-pressure situation. But the like when the amount of times where something weird happens on stage and Christian drops a line that floors me and I can't stop laughing and it like diffuses whatever's happening or <laughs> family scenario or yes. whatever. Like this is, you are the pinch hitter. It's a third born thing probably. <laughs> it's a, it's a, someone, it's a someone who is doing, they're doing comedy at second city in Chicago, a friend of mine. And we were just talking about it. He said, you would be a good, like, I'm trying to think, but there's like actually a position in comedy where it's the person who like, interjects something like that into the bit where like you've got your straight man you got the this and that yes and then i'd be like the the person that throws it in there i wish barry was here to help me with this oh man yeah i can totally relate with that let's get on the thesaurus and And figure that out when we find it oh yeah for sure the (laughs) i mean i uh i think about that and I wonder if that's what led. I mean, I, I sometimes wonder if personality traits lead to the instrument that someone finds themselves on. Mm. Whether you're a frontman, lead singer, or you know, electric lead electric guitar, because I think there are things in life that doors that open up outside of your control that like circumstance that someone happened to have this instrument and where your parents played and we. Uh, I, there's so many things outside of our control, but I always like to th- to wonder if certain personality traits link you to instruments because bass is kind of that way. You're not playing, you're not playing five notes at a time. You're playing one note, but you got to make it count. You're gonna interject one thing. You're not talking the whole set, but you got to make that joke count. <laughs> well, in Christian's <laughs> steadiness as a human, I think f- falls into this category too. Mm. When we were kids, I, were you in seventh grade? Christian had a guitar. He was not super interested in it. The bass player that was in the band that I was playing with uh, was going off to college. I would have been in ninth grade, or yeah, like there was something around this timeline. He was a few years older, and uh, in like a week, Christian was like, "I've been thinking about maybe playing bass." And within like a week, he was a monster for that age. Super solid, super steady. And the thing is, whether it's on a Grey Shot song. Or, you know, if we're producing a record for somebody else, 
every record months into the process after we've had the band in they go have you noticed all the little things that christian did that day because on bass on bass yeah. because the drums the day of it's always about the drums because they're big and bombastic and huge fills and it's starting to give shape and form and that's what you, everybody's focusing on the drums right off the bat and christian's sitting like right where he is right now just doing his thing steady like doing the right thing and then like at the right moment puts the thing in there and every artist says that they're like have you noticed those little bass fills that he did here and here? I'm like, yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, that's normal. Yeah, it's funny, though, that you're talking about, like... This, those are little jokes I'm putting into the song. <laughs> They're little <laughs> funny jokes. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard with that yeah. fill. <laughs> that's, uh, it is but, funny. But So as we're talking about this, but the ability for me to do that, just like in life, but also in music... Like, you've always kind of been the tip of the spear. So it's like, you were the one who started, like, the musical journey before mm -hmm. me, which allowed me to kind of, like, just clown around for a while. Yes. <laughs> like, kind of settle into something, which ended up being bass because of that necessity, which is really interesting when I, like, am honest about it. Like, I didn't pull you along into my band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need, that's the deal. You don't, Andy Richter doesn't have his own show. You need the, you need the Conan. Right. You need the, the person doing their thing to add value to your deal. Just like you're at, like it's a synergistic adding of value. Like, you don't exist without the other things. Right. You need uh, the fool and the but, one that will suffer the fool. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, do you, okay, do you, uh, f w let me ask you about bass stuff then. Would you, are you intentional? Do you, have you thought about, is it an intentional process of laying it down and in these moments, I'm going to, I'm going to put in the fill, like you have a specific kind of way you approach things or is it just natural? These, you just naturally, you'd, well, it's yeah, kind of how you function as a bass player. There's definitely like after playing for 20 years, like you, yeah. you have things that you just go to right yeah. like that muscle memory that you develop yes. but it also depends on like the type of song right so if i'm playing something that's very foreign to me i'll probably mm. have gone especially if it's a, a record if i'm tracking on something i'll go listen to other stuff that's similar to that to kind of get that feel like i just remember some Pino Palladino like references that I was making in my head for a song that we were doing. Yes. And it's just, I mean, that's a totally different style that I normally play. Um, my wheelhouse comes back to like listening to Dougie from Travis back in the nineties. Right. Like yeah. this kind of like playing around on your five to six and two to three moves, like that kind of yeah. stuff. Like, that's what I would love to play all day long. And then outside of that, it's a little more work where I'm trying to pull references that I don't know so well. Yeah. Um, are you talking about tracking or well, I'm live? I, yeah, now that you're saying that, I'm even wondering, I'm thinking about specifically the tracking situation that you brought up. And I know you, I'm fascinated by this thought that the, the moment someone becomes not just a musician, but they become a producer mixing uh, engineering their own stuff, the way you think about music changes. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm one. I know you have that, and I didn't. I'm just not for sure. I didn't know if you oh. have been on that side. If that's like a mutual thing where you are like writing your own stuff. If that's changed the way you look at. Okay, you know I know 
down the line, they're messing with drums right now, but down the line, they're going to really want this sure. kind of bass thing. Mm. I didn't know if you... Gosh, I don't, I don't, knowing myself, I don't think I'm that thought yeah. out. <laughs> but uh, that's funny. I, I, my approach generally is when I'm coming into track, generally start simple and have the producer draw it out of me. And I know that that might sound like I'm taking a backseat, but I'd rather do that than like come out with a, something that's too busy and have to like work backwards. Yes. Um, because there's a job that I have, which is 90% like play that right note and then find the part. And I can always, I can always rise to finding the part. Um, I suppose in a way I can always come back to playing the simple thing, but um, the song will develop and my, my part, my tracking will develop with it. And I kind of have time to hide under that like drum tracking part oh, to find myself. So. Yes. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to make this way deeper than it needs to be. Yes. But that's, it, that's fascinating to me because that makes me think of what you guys were talking about earlier about your personality in, uh, diffusing a situation or just, you seem from the outside cause we haven't hung out a ton. Uh, thank God. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, we haven't had a ton, but in the amount I know you, you are, you very much seem to have an awareness of the temperature of a room. Uh, and so whether that the room needs to be lightened, the, ir the, the value on irreverence, which I really love, sure. I feel like I can connect with that. And I wonder, oh, my voice did a weird thing there. Did you catch that? <laughs> I think you barked at the mic. <laughs> yeah, threw up a little bit. Oh, oh sip of coffee. No, I, <laughs> the deal is it makes me, I wonder if it has to do subconsciously your approach with framing the temperature of a room. And by that, I mean. If you walk in as a bass player, knowing what's expected of a bass player to be able to rise, you're, like you're talking about rising up and being able yeah. to add, uh, add when they want you to. If you show up and you start shredding right off the bat with a bunch of billion ideas while people are messing with drums and vocals, instantly, uh, I, I feel like I've seen producers or engineers almost get a little defensive, like almost nervous of like, oh crap, is that how this is going to be? Am I going to be just constantly asking that guy to play less? Mm -hmm. Am I have to be dragging out? But if you are playing it, if you're playing less and you're as, as a bass player, then you almost allow yourself to go in the background for a little bit, just kind of like your Andy Richter kind of vibe. You allow yourself, hey, listen, focus on what you need to focus on. And when it's time for the bass stuff or a place for the bass, then we can... Then I'll throw something in, right. and it'll have punch. I don't know if that makes May sense. Sorry, can I jump in? Oh, you had something to say, but I have um, a few more thoughts about that. I just no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's my show. I have more uh, to say. Um, that just reminded me. I was in Nashville with a friend who they had. They're in a studio where Paul Mayberry, the drummer, mm -hmm. was tracking, and I I had no idea who was going to be there. I walk in the room, and it was these monsters. Anyway, in between takes paul was playing the most like just laid back groove right it wasn't like i'm working on this fill i'm working on this chop it was continually coming back to something that felt good mm. and i remember thinking man every time i hear a drummer sit down at a kit they kind of go for like let me get like my exercise in right now you know like but it was so so much different where i was just like let me play something that feels good. And he'd kind of stop and then he'd redo it. Mm -hmm. I was like, gosh, that's 
that's a better approach, not only just for him as a player, but for everyone else to like not feel like you're fighting someone who's practicing like their 16th yes. note fills and going mm. around the drum set. Like, hell yes, <laughs> yes. And because I've had, I, you're talking about Paul Baber, and I have heard multiple people say here in Minneapolis, like, oh, I don't know why everybody freaks out about Paul Mayberry. It's he doesn't, he's not. There, he's not flashy. He's he's not changing the game or anything like that. And that's typically people that don't have an understanding of the value and how valued that is, mm-hmm. or maybe they just don't understand that he does that. Uh, Dude, this this whole okay. This I got to be careful because this conversation I could just derail. But I've got this <laughs> derail us, man, from the rails it's been on. There, yeah. I, I feel like there's a couple <laughs> of schools of thought. Yeah, right. Yeah, these very strict rails we've we've adhered to. There, there to me is, I mean, infinite spots in between on these two sides of the spectrum I'm going to throw out there. But to me and my mindset, and I think maybe this speaks to a little bit of your question about the approach. Uh, what are you, what's your mindset going into recording? I think there's uh, this technical ability that you, you have to have some amount of to play the instrument, but I feel like it's equivalent to an alphabet. And the alphabet is there for us to make words and communicate something, the thing. And when it, and when we elevate the technical side of things, like this person's not like chopped up the way and doing the things I want them to do. It's like praising people for being really great at saying the alphabet, which is this really weird thing. It's only a framework for yes. us to communicate it. And I get it, but it it's like, it's kind of like this fine line between is it art or athletics? And both are really fun. But both can flip into each other's world. Like a really great athlete, when they're transcending the the framework, the structure of the game, it's art. And when someone is not transcending the framework of music, it feels more like athletics to me. Like when you go see a cover band who's not doing a great job at it, yes. and they're, they're playing everything, but they're doing something you could program um, a machine to do. Yeah. And the, it's just numbers. It's just physical input output. Yes. Versus transcending the alphabet of technical knowledge. Yes. So where do you? Is, I'm I'm just wondering because you see such you see things so much so big picture. Can you tell if someone is transcending just the part when you're tracking with someone? Can you tell? Like what are what are things that you can tell? Okay, this person's in it. He's not just input output following the chords of the song well, you can feel it okay and sometimes in this conversation i'm not not that you do this but in when i'm trying to communicate this to other people in a creative yeah. environment they're like that's essentially not in these words they're saying well how do you quantify that mm-hmm. how, how do you how do you like what metric do you base that at when are you transcending i'm like well that's kind of that's kind of the whole point is that you don't mm-hmm. you just feel it and what this i started thinking about this first when Chris, you're asking christian about his yeah. thing Christian, when he comes in and tracks, he's base. He like, he'll take every take the, the drummer wants to take every time. I'm like, should I pull up a new playlist? Yep, I'll do it down with him every time. And then at the end, Christian will be like, I want to run it this, this, and this. He builds the house and then he decorates it. He he makes sure he has everything there and then he comes mm. back and boom, 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 right? Yep. And he's been taking this whole time to see where it needs air, where it needs like life in it. And when we're in the studio together, I would say the number one when we need to make a decision, it's when does the hair on our arms rise up? Yes. Like that's the thing we're chasing 
And that's why the questions are sometimes hard to answer. Like, how? what's the process? What's this? It's like, you just keep fishing <laughs> yes. until, until you go, oh, that was, that's it. You know, mm. I recently heard that some people get like those chills when they're listening to music and some people don't. It's like a, oh, wow. a certain percentage or something like that. that Do you? Sad. Oh, yeah. I like, as you, honestly, as you were just talking about it, like, I started like remembering moments where, like, when you're listening to something that you've done and you finally get there, and all of a sudden it's just like your back kind of has this thing that, like, yeah, oh, yeah, like the back of your neck. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, whatever that is. Honestly, yeah. I sometimes when I pee, it happens too. So <laughs> <laughs> somehow uh, there, there's some sort of joy connected there. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, like so trying trying to transcend is like the whole point for me. Mm. Like to get to get past the thing. And one question that I if if I could sit down with my heroes, my musical heroes, especially, I think this is probably more suited for my musical heroes. The question that I'm always asking myself is when these guys were in the room or girls, when these musicians were in the room, when this magical moment was recorded, did they feel about it the way I feel about it? Hmm. Is it possible for me to feel about something I create the way I feel about these songs that blew my mind? Hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, is that possible or is that just like you kind of strive for that. Like that's the bar, but you know, you'll never get there. Like hmm. when the edge was like, ding, 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 Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's really cool. I think that's going to be something. But did they ever feel that thing that I feel when I, mm. when I hear it or when I first heard it? Yeah. You know, have you ever felt that way about a song you've recorded? Uh, have you ever felt that way that you're describing about someone else's tune? Have you ever felt that when, well, that's, that's the question. And whether I could fully feel that way. And yeah. I've, I've had breakthrough moments. Mm. Like, oh, there it is. Oh, my gosh. Right? Like, you're, you're there. Like, all the fog clears. The, that, that's the drug that keeps you coming back against mm-hmm. all the commercial barriers. Man, I think the, the great song, right? Like, you'd hope that a great song, like the writer, the producer, whatever, felt that. And then all these people have that same feeling, right? Like, so silly can wait. Yeah. Right? Like when yeah. we were at Oasis yeah. 15 years ago and Oh, you guys Chicago. saw him live? Yeah. Oh. And like yeah. the they whole place us. is going nuts and like falling over themselves for this song that these guys wrote. And you would think that in the little studio that they recorded that in, that they would have that moment. And then when you play it out live, you can have that with other people who are having that mutual feeling. Um when you're doing it, we're not on that level and maybe we never will be, but you'd hope that those small feelings that you have, well, maybe big feelings, would be mutual. And I think that's a big part of why we play music is that we've felt that on our own and individually and in writing a song together, mm-hmm. Aaron and I working on something and feeling that. And then we're like, what if not only we could feel that, but a room of people mm. or a large room of people yes. could feel it together. Yes. yes. Are we capable of encapsulating our human experience and sharing that with a room of people? Make a record of it and then recreate it live. That's the drug yeah. in a lot of ways. And then not feel alone. When you when <laughs> you guys are recording, do are you thinking about the live 
version of these tunes or do you have to turn that thought off and just think about this is this is just the the song and the studio scenario that's a good question i i think we definitely are studio first there have been a couple songs actually you are studio first okay yeah like on this new record well just the way that we write music comes from usually something small and we have to build it before we get like Aaron's never like, follow me, guys, and starts like riffing on something. Like, it's very thought out. Um, and we don't often play songs live before we record them. But on this last record, we had a few that we'd been playing live before we put them on this record. But even at That'd that, be so cool. Even at that, like, we put songs, like, our demos are nearly finished songs. Mm. And then when it comes to the actual record, we redo them so yes yeah we took the ones that were playing live and then made them harder to play live yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally uh that's awesome the if you listen to your album i know the the thought is you i'm at least i'm assuming the thought when you put out an album it's cohesive and every that all it all fits together but can you tell a difference at all between the songs that you had played out live is there an energy difference between those songs and the ones you just wrote in the studio or are they all pretty in listening to the album yeah or you personally if you're working on the tunes can you tell when you've played a song live that there's something happened like the morph of a song changed a little bit or Hmm. I've never thought about that before. Um, I I think maybe in some ways, you know how like when you're when you're tracking something, especially like maybe a younger instinct is like to go bombastic and big and everything's kind of overblown. But then when you really sit down and think, listen to those great records, like the energy is coming from somewhere else. Like mm-hmm. if we're going to go back, we keep referencing you too. Let's go I mean, back my to my favorite band. Yeah. Let's go back and, and reference how big you've got a vocal and I'm holding my hand up right in front of your face, like yeah, yeah. a vocal right here and a guitar right here. And you've got the drums and bass back here almost all the time and they feel huge. So I think sometimes it's a, a little bit of a disadvantage for us being self-produced that we've played them live because we're used to them being huge and live and bombastic. And they're like, oh yeah, we'll just capture that in the studio. And then we have to work backwards to get it to translate uh, on your earbuds. Mm-hmm. You know, like what what still communicates the emotion yes. when it's tiny? Because I'm never going to be able to capture the, this live club energy and feel yes. uh, the way that I'd like to. And I don't think it would translate even if I could. Yes. Because it makes me, I it makes me think of interviews I've listened to uh, with the Edge talking about once they started transitioning from clubs to arenas, and they did albums. They started realizing the studio. Okay, these all these songs are going to have to be played live. So they started thinking mm. about okay, maybe simpler. I think they started going simpler on parts, like bigger movements, like bigger, yeah, less bigger, bigger mo- movements. Yeah, they it started their live playing started impacting their studio yeah. work. Well, to go, to go back. I know there's a random question because I was just, I just fascinated how that works with you guys in your mind. So he's got, he, he brought up this Oasis show that we went to. Yeah. And so we're hearkening back to like a golden era in our lives where we were going to see all these bands for like $8 at like the Ascot room above Quest Club. Yes. We saw Coldplay for $11, 15 feet dead center in the middle of the stage at first Ave, like, 
we, oh. a week before Rush of Blood came out, or mm-hmm. right around the oh time. Oh my gosh! And uh, yes. Keen, the Snow, Killers, Snow Patrol's Snow, first show. Oh. Yeah, and then Jet. We're basically resting our elbows on the stage for Jet's first U.S. tour, and there's like a hundred people in the room, and they blew our minds. Fast forward a few months, their uh, their tour support for Oasis on that tour that we saw, and that same show that blew our minds was a yawner really in the what's that the pavilion the chicago yeah the um, hockey university of yeah Illinois, yeah chicago. like okay the, this arena show and it was like oh my gosh and then oasis came out started with whatever that like waltzy three four song is from standing on the shoulders oh yeah uh, and yep. and it was kind of like everyone's heads kind of went like huh why are they this is a weird starter is it hey lila uh, no is the other one. Yeah, I can't think of the name of it. And and it was like, okay. And by the end, Christian's mentioning, you know, um, don't look back in anger. Everyone, fists in the air, scream singing along. Like, they were so deliberate and mature about taking you on this journey. And they understood the that scope and that scale of a show. And it was like, it was just this night and day education of like, okay, club you can get away with just big energy slamming through be tight whatever and then it's something totally other that needs to happen to go to the next level yes oh man that's so good that's fascinating because yeah because you can't do the same thing it doesn't translate and that's what i think i'm getting man i'm getting i'm getting frustrated personally just with some of the musical scenarios that i've been in lately because I feel like people are not thinking about context right? and they're seeing something else. They're trying, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much I want to get into that, but <laughs> I mean, it helps it's that just, Oasis is Oasis too. Right. right? Yeah. Like and everyone yeah. knows every word. They come out and they have a calling card that's different than the new band that's in the like Apple yeah. iPod commercial. Right? Yeah, totally. Uh, do you have, do you have to go? I do have to go. Are you, do you have to go? I how are you on time? Cause we can keep talking. Yeah. About you. Oh man, I'm having such a good time. <laughs> I know this rules. We we need to do this again. Yeah. This is so much fun. I would love I, I love mean it, if you guys are down. Should we do I, part two next week? Oh I, hell yeah, let's do it. I'm one hundred percent down. Same time. Uh, I'll be here. I'm always here. You're always here. <laughs> Aaron never gets to leave. <laughs> I I just wanted to do you want to catch that what we were talking about right before? Yes. Oh yeah. Before I go. Because you're talking about how it's like doing music and going on tour. It's not just about how you make money doing it, but it's a passion as well. Yeah, that that was the answer to the question because I, I was asking like, where where's the line? Like, what makes you want to ask that question? I was curious because mm. it, it wasn't an offensive question of What's like the line of success, right? Yeah, and and, and why are you doing this? And it, and it was like, you said, oh, oh, you're talking about before we started recording. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, before we started, yeah, before we started recording, you asked. We were talking about why am I doing this podcast thing in the sense of what are the what am I getting out of it. And, yeah. and are you getting it? And am I getting it? Yes. And you seem which is absolutely the greatest question someone can ask. I didn't tell you that, but that is that's the that's the greatest question anybody could ask about any creative endeavor. Mm. Like, what are you getting out of this? The ultimate question in my mind that you should, we should be asking ourselves is, what am I getting out of this? That's not the obvious, right? Yes. Right. So yes. Me, and what I love about your answer is that. I think that the the deepest joys in life I felt are the times where um, in any aspect of my life, I've made the decision based on what seems right 
for me and my family versus like what is the normal thing you do in this situation Mm. you know there's like this very established set of metrics that's like a stream and you just drop your little ship in there and then you climb the ladder and in 40 years you retire and then you can do the things you want to do and genuinely i know that some people are so happy with that and their life uh, like the life-giving stuff happens outside of that Mm. but that doesn't work for me and when i hear you talk about this thing that is like five years ago if you'd been like yeah i'm finding some of the deepest creative joys in my life sitting down and having conversations with people it would have seemed maybe outside of like career path and 100 percent, you know yes. but but that's based on metrics that's based on like mainstream this is how you do life metrics and that's not applicable to everybody and yes. when i think about like why we're in a band like i would make a lot more money if if I wasn't, you know, we would make a lot more money individually, Christian and I would, if we weren't in a band together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we don't go hunting. We don't, like, this is the thing. I was just going like, to relate it to hunting. Like, you, you, the guy who's going out hunting at deer, or deer opener. Yeah. I'm, clearly. Is that right? <laughs> that's, I think it's a thing. Yeah. But, like, oh, they go so out, yes, like, I'm they don't come back ask- with the deer, like, on their car. And you're like, oh, so, like, at what point do you turn a profit? Yeah. yeah, right? Like, exactly. Snowboarding. You to, to didn't like, go make money on the slopes, probably. I just, <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're saying it's so obvious that that's not the question of why someone's doing it. Right. You're, yeah. Right. Like, well, I mean, obviously, there's a there's a capitalism part to being in a band. Like, you want to sell records. Otherwise, mm. you wouldn't print them off and show up at gigs, and you wouldn't ask to get paid every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, part of it is you really do just love doing the thing and i mean in all sorts of different worlds like going and playing chicago again getting in the van that smells and like no matter what that is there's like that euphoric we're doing it again we're out on the road the sun is setting like over 35 w in iowa and it's a cold winter day that's something that i love and and there's the hope that something awesome happens that night at the show yeah Mm, and yes. I, I think you kind of yeah. have to I don't know if you've experienced this but I've seen with you know jobs have a different uh, frequency like mm-hmm. your wave is higher and lower like certain jobs like the highs aren't super high the lows aren't super low but I feel like it's there's an the higher your highs are the lower your lows are hmm. so the worst day in the life of a touring musician is pretty bad sometimes yeah, and really bad. but balanced out and you keep coming back to get beat up a little bit in those days because of how high the highs are yes you know man i feel like i i feel like i'm uncovering some things about myself a lot of this comes back to feeling like an analogy to drugs (laughs) and maybe (laughs) maybe i do have more of an addictive personality than i thought (laughs) well but i i I feel like what and sorry i gotta go right after i say this so this is my my mic drop (laughs) but i feel like you know just interjecting the the bomb right here pinch hitting hitting. (laughs) but that moment i was talking about earlier like in a wedding right like there's the way things should go and there's the way that everyone expects it to go and Mm. if you if you make that bigger on a macro scale right like you're saying there's the way you should live your life there's this idea that everyone has and if you walk into it and you say, well, what if we didn't do it this way? What if it wasn't always the reverence for like, this is the path that works for everyone. And you're going to do it a little bit differently, but you're going to find joy in it. 
it kind of disrupts other people, but it really works and it's a lot of fun. Yes. The, the joy is a lot deeper when you custom fit your life for yourself and the people around you versus just the easy one. Make the right. hard decision now. I mean, it's the comfort and discomfort conversation from earlier. Yeah. We're really going to look back at this podcast when we're old and poor with a lot of regret. <laughs> Wish I had that damn 401k. Gosh, man, I was so dumb. Listen to how, yeah. listen to how dumb I sound. But I was confident. Yeah, I was confident. Man, highs, highs and lows are great, but uh, they didn't feed my family. You know? <laughs> they didn't buy me a lake really home. Broke. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, thank you uh, for having me. Sorry oh, I have yeah. to leave. Dude, that's all good. Let's do this again. Do yeah. I need if to say anything down. like, hey, this is Christian. <laughs> It's not like a like a radio spot. <laughs> I have, I did think of. I've been thinking about that this past year. But, you know, and you know, at the end of at the end of a podcast, all our guests, I, we ask our guests to say, "Hey, um, keep it curious." <laughs> not something. Done. I'm just kidding. I hate that. No, you don't have to say anything. Hey, thanks to Von Hansen's Meats for sponsoring the show today. <laughs> what's the What's the sponsor? I don't know. I really should go. Thank right, you for having ya. me. Bye, Christian. Bye, guys. Dude, I, I feel bad that like. All right, see you later. We're gonna keep talking for a second. Yeah. I don't need a picture or anything, do I? No. Okay, great. I'll send one. We'll pull your press photo <laughs> yeah, off yeah, the we'll website. Oh, uh, man. This is just un- this is uncovering so many things and you think about, oh, man, do we? I mean, I should do a, a photo with the podcast. I should do like a selfie or something, the Mark Maron We're style. We're pretty big on branding, man. You should talk with us more about this stuff. Are you- <laughs> oh, man. We are the worst. Are you? Oh, the worst. Ah, oh, man, I know. There- I know. I'm I'm just thinking about how I have there's I I look at other po- people's podcasts and I think oh man they're they're so intentional yeah. okay here's the deal uh this is this is a weird spin of a thought I have that's going with what you're you're saying and any time it's funny how the way we're talking about life and have there's a there's a set way of doing life. You know, you graduate high school, you go to college, then you have your get your job, get married, have a kid, buy a home. There's the set way you do things. That's very easy for people to fall into, and it works for people. So I don't want to bash that. Yep. But then you're talking about there's this other thing of what if you what would happen if you question? Do I really have to do that? Mm-hmm. Where uh, what do I value here? Where uh, what if life takes me? Because the, uh, the the unknown is crazy darker and scarier than anybody anybody can imagine. It sounds yeah. really romantic looking at it from the beginning right. or the end when yeah. someone's successful. Uh, but when you're in the middle of it, man, it's freaking scary as hell. Yeah. And I'm almost, I'm wondering about this. I think what people don't realize is that even once you d- decide to go off and do the uncharted thing like music, there or any creative endeavor, there are still constantly uh, temptations and opportunities to fall into the pre-programmed way of this is how it's done, even in the creative industry. Yeah. So I'm even I'm just thinking about the podcast. Instantly, there's formats. I listen. I listen to way more podcasts than uh, than I would have ever imagined before I started recording this so i know the formats and things people say yeah and the the branding you can do with your podcast and the way it's done you sit in a studio and you have your headphones on you you've learned all the tricks you learn all the tricks because you research the tricks or as you're going you research all the tricks but for me the the temptation is to see what's worked with people and just do that and yeah you can still come up with something cool and uniquely yours 
I don't know if that's kind of what you're talking about, but even for me with this, I have to remind myself, okay, you need to not be listening things just to find out what's worked. What's the, here's how you do a podcast. Here's how you brand it. Yes. Can you still, are you still willing to stay in the unknown right. to do your own thing? And it's Dude. way scarier, way higher highs, yeah. but way lower lows. Dude, your last two paragraphs of what you said is packed with so many, like everything you were saying, I was like, oh, I have a thought, 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 thought. So yes, or like I do, I'll just, uh, I'll just keep talking. No, in a, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying all, like, yeah. that was high potency shit right there. So. Oh man, oh, thanks. Oh um, gosh, I'm, I'm going to throw up here a second. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I blacked out. What yeah, happened. I blacked out. <laughs> and now my pants are wet. This uh, is awkward. <laughs> But I'm comfortable with it. Um, okay, what does that trigger in your mind? I have a couple of thoughts. One, and I don't like thinking about this, but because it's dark. But safety is an illusion. Security mm. is an illusion. Like the amount of times that we've heard, just in this city, oh, Target's firing everybody. We call it something nicer, but you just don't have a job anymore. And the amount of people that were maybe in that job because it was a, it gave me financial security, mm. right? The yes. amount of stories like that. If, if you keep that in the front of your brain in decision-making processes and you real, you just take that equation out, like you have, you have to make certain decisions that are uh, logical on terms of like, there, there are parameters of like, this would just be stupid to do. This is just stupid, right? Yes. But because it's putting people in harm's way and it's, and it's not a loving decision to make for yourself or people around you. Yes. Uh, some things are good, stupid. Like, I'm going to pursue this stupid thing because I think uh, the downsides are that we'll, I'll still have joy and be in all the relationships I value won't be affected negatively by it, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but you start to remove the things and then you also, but then flip side, you start to realize the ripple effect of trying to build your custom tailored life. To In order to do this, wow, that domino falls, that domino falls, that domino falls. I'm never going to have the bigger house. I'm never going to have this. I'm never going to have this. But man, would I trade it? Would I trade square footage for these experiences and these adventures? That When I lay it out like that, no question in my mind. I don't care if my room has 20 more square feet. Yes. Or whatever. Yes. Like I just sleep there. Yeah. And watch YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. Man, but why is it so hard to remind, I'm I'm assuming you think like I do. I'm just internally. Why is it so hard for me to remind myself of that? Because in the moment, I still those thoughts still come to my mind of of second guessing myself at least. I think it's because, and this is again, this is me projecting yeah. on the world what I feel. My instinct is to want everything to be set it and forget it. Mm. I want uh, I want no maintenance on my car. I want no maintenance on the siding of my house. I want no maintenance in my relationships. You know I love you. That's great. Everything's going to be this way the whole time. I go do something else. But the reality is that nothing good in life comes from letting the ball roll downhill. Oh my Anything gosh. worth having, you have to push uphill a little bit. Like Anything worth having takes incredibly uh, high levels of effort, especially in comparison to just letting your life happen. Yes. Dude, you are reading my freaking mail right now. <laughs> Seriously, holy shit. That is so heavy. Yes, because I'm the exact same way. I want to leave the emergency check engine light on in my car. I don't, uh, we, I mean, we, Sarah and I are renting right now because it that is a set it and forget it. If something yeah. goes wrong, we've got somebody that's going to, that'll come in and t- fix yeah, it because we have yes. other things to focus on. Yep. 
but nothing yeah you nothing in life worth having yeah and so then can yeah, you decide which things yeah. in your life aren't worth having that you can just have be set it and forget it like a rental yes. house yeah you know what i mean because uh someone someone was saying like um your life is different every day you're you're working on a different project every day mm-hmm. you're traveling you're doing this whatever you know with your family you're doing it's it's all crazy and i was like yeah but here's what i'm realizing about myself I need my keys in my right pocket and my wallet and I need my phone in my left pocket and I need my things in my backpack where I put them and I need everything else. I need these little micro things to be very static or else I lose all sense of stability, right? So I just find my stability in different places and I find the things that I can just let be what they are and not think about it so that I can have the other things be really variable, all the time oh my gosh and that's okay like yes i don't need to focus on all those other things these are things because i don't care about them yeah i just need certain things to be okay <laughs> yeah oh man oh, i i could not agree and be more uh similar to you mm. that at all in all this because i'm the exact same way i have the same thing figure it out i'm even to the point of like you know i've got I, i'm gonna i'm gonna wear shoes all the time so i found the boots that i can wear the same shoes every day yes. i don't have to think about it clothing food clothing, routines. oh yes. yeah the routine finding the routines in there so how do you i'm i'm trying to th- let me think how, how to word this um how do you how do you figure out what need, what are the things that you need to be focusing on in order to figure out I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to think out the perfect question that I'm trying how to word this but I don't think there is one. What I want to know is uh I'm assuming in your life there are a ton of things that you just have to be cool with being flexible mm-hmm. and some things you have to work you have to figure out okay this is a ball I have to be willing to ma- maintain and push this ball uphill. Yeah. How do you figure out what those are how do you prioritize those the well the figuring out thing yeah um i think it's from two different sources one is people in my life teaching me them yeah like my my wife Mm. has taught me how to love well and be present Mm -hmm. and shut everything else off uh and be all the things that are the important roles in my life like she taught me those things and i don't know that she would like accept that but that's how i feel about it yeah um and the other thing the thing uh none of it comes from conscious thought and so i think a lot of it comes from making space for unconscious thought Hmm. and and being open to those things that are floating in the universe around me and Hmm. and then they fall like the way a song does or the way a thought does that you know you didn't consciously think up Yes. You know, like the thing that you're like, that is a great idea. And I can say that even though it came out of my head, because I know it's not mine. Yeah. You know, making a lot of space for that is important for my personality to sit and not think about anything and think about everything and not do anything. Yes. I, if left to my own devices, sometimes I can constantly have input. Mm -hmm. And I've realized it's kind of what it sounds like you're saying of needing to find times where you don't have that input. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Did you know I was in here? I knew you were here because I saw your car. Yes. Are you mid-podcast? Right we're now? mid-podcast, yeah. yeah. Am I starring on your podcast <laughs> right now? You are. No, this is going to be edited out. I'm <laughs> just kidding. All right, I'll leave you alone. I didn't know you're mid-podcast. Are you going to be here for a bit? I saw the recording thing, and I was like, oh, I won't interrupt. And then I heard voices, and I was like, oh, I can interrupt. 
They're between yeah. takes. <laughs> They're between takes. They're between takes. Yeah. Are Dan you going to be here for Dan a bit? Rodriguez, everyone. I'm, and I'm, <laughs> yeah. Well, well all right. See ya. Bye, I'll, buddy. Sorry to interrupt. Oh. If this doesn't get edited out, <laughs> hello, America. <laughs> and you, and uh, uh, this uh, this podcast is brought to you by DanRodriguezMusic.com. Yes. Uh, for all your playing at five six brew in a week and a half. I will. Oh, or fifty six so awesome. Um, man. Okay. I here's an interesting here's an interesting take. Uh, think about how things teach us. Uh, this thought of how, how the different different uh, things in life teach us different things. Your wife teach is teaching you this, or uh, the subconscious teaching of things. I've realized this podcast is teaching me that I. Uh, it's it's you when you say something like you just said it's so heavy to me there's so many things i have a hard time wording just one question out of those oh, out of yeah. all that stuff distillation so is super hard that's why i write distillation songs. yes oh like, yeah that's the i i ramble on and try and find my framework and i'm like what really matters that's when i'm finishing a song it's always that yeah what am i tr- actually just trying to say Yes. Sorry. I no, just that's exactly it, man. And that's why I have such this this podcasting can can be an embarrassing thing for me because it's live distillation of my thoughts. And I am totally cra I'm says I'm somewhat even right now, I'm like mumbling over my words. I'm the I'm the worst at that, I think. And transforming my thoughts and someone else's input and being in the moment and present. Uh so it's it's funny that I would choose to be doing a project. That maybe would take that's a, that. Maybe that's an okay thing to be bad at. Like maybe it'd be Is kind it? of a false thing if you if yeah. you could just flip it around. Like are you actually putting are you letting it get inside of you? Hmm. Otherwise? Do you do you know what I'm saying? Like like maybe that's great for showbiz, baby. But yeah. uh like yeah. I I to me it's endearing and shows me the kind of person you are. That like you're not just like trying to flip it around for the soundbite. You're yes. actually you're present with me like we're yes. in this thing right now that and that is the hardest that's the hardest thing about doing these is it is i've realized it is man okay even talking about what uh, we were talking about earlier what do you get out of this like what it, are you and are you what were you hoping for and are you getting it and i've realized there are so many i've i've realized that i really don't know what i want in life oh, i'm yeah. a very i'm a poor uh decision maker when it comes to realizing what's going to make me happy in life and make me fulfilled. Yeah. And I, this podcast has taught me that there are so many things I did not set so many personal life skills, uh, and teachings within myself that I've learned doing this podcast that I did not set out to do this for that reason, but they showed themselves to me. Yeah. Uh, and one of them just being like we're saying, just being in a present in the moment yeah. in conversation is so rare right. to happen in life because someone comes in and you're walking into a door and just saying hi to someone. You have an idea of what you're going to say and they say something that trigger. It's just quick back and forth, but yes. to be in the moment and listen and process and still have the conversation keep rolling because dead space isn't, yeah, gonna be anything anybody wants to listen to, but at the same time, uh, sitting on it. If something deep was said, I, being does that make sense at yes. all? Yes, and and being um, being in control of where you're, of what you're present to, 
is really hard for me because I'm always really present to something, but sometimes it's really far away from where I want to be. I'm super present to this problem I'm working out in my head when I'm sitting right in front of people I love that I just need to look in the eye and be with because that will bring me way more joy. So when I can manually like grab my lens and refocus from like a long focal length to a short one and like, oh, this is the important thing. Can I manually ratchet it down to that? Yes. That's hard. Yes. Dude, I suck at that. I so, so many times I've com- a commitment I have made to Sarah recently is that I she'll be talking to me and I will be f- something will trigger something in my mind and I will be completely thinking through a problem that I was working on earlier and my mind is somewhere else and she'll get through a whole paragraph and all of a sudden I'll snap back and realize, "Holy crap, where am I right now? Uh-huh. I did not catch anything you just yes. said." I was uh-huhing you. I was totally uh-huhing you. <laughs> and she started calling me out on that. And my commitment is swallowing my pride and saying, hey, I I did it again, but I really care about what you yes. have to say. Can you repeat that? Because I really am interested. And it sucks. And it's I can't tell if it's doing good things for a relationship or bad things yet. But isn't being okay with saying I'm sorry so freeing? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's a piece of it too. It's like dropping all the ego away from it. Like, I'm sorry. And the more yes. you say I'm sorry, it still isn't that fun. Yes. But you don't want to keep saying I'm sorry, so you learn not to do the thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, man, that's funny. Are you is there anything that you've done? I love I love process. Yeah. In life, is there anything that you've done that's helped you get better? Um, just get older. Like any I mean, I've tried, but consistency is a hard thing for me. And um I've had a couple experiences. Uh, I mean, we we both have grown up in a place where, like, religion and faith is a pretty central. Like, you almost can make the assumption that everybody has at least some similar foundational mm-hmm. childhood experiences as you have. Mm-hmm. But as those things start to become shaky and change a lot, I've had some experiences with. Um, this is getting weird. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just I love it. Prepare yourself. I've had some experiences with some sort of creative energy that felt like a consciousness mm-hmm. that it was like, basically, I'm not even going to get into what it was, Okay, but the walk away, the takeaway was like, this being emptied out and filled up thing is actually always available to you. Can you make space for it and practice honing in on it? Because when I've been there my clarity on the things that are important and my ability to focus on them, the level goes way up. What do you, what do you mean by empty out and fill up? Like, so maybe I do have to get into the experience a little bit. And you don't have to share it if you don't want to, but there was, it was like a no words, no conscious word thought experience, but it felt like I was, it was just like a, like something being cycled through, like Mm. everything was moving from me to like an yes. infinite point out and then the same coming back like kind of like a union in some way yes yeah and i've had it happen on stage before where all of a sudden i am like in the middle of this purple thing yes <laughs> so, so insane. oh man i love this this the middle of this purple thing that's the color that it always seems to be right that is like everything is in slow motion beautifully and I'm mm. not behind everything. I'm not ahead. I'm not hyper aware. I'm just like in this beautiful space of just being and everything that matters is right in front of me and enjoying it. And the the and for whatever reason to me, I 
think I grew up thinking that any kind of connection like that was just fleeting and like whatever, but that it was accessible to me. That you have to be in a certain building. Yes. You have to be doing, you have to be singing a certain type of song. Musically, music needs to be involved. It has to be, or yes. The framework, like we're talking about the alphabet and technical ability, like that the maybe a theology has to be just right. Instead of being an alphabet, we elevate a theology or an ideology or a way of thinking. Mm -hmm. But when you take that stuff away, it's like, no, that ability is always there, right? With whatever is, like, if you can make space for it, you can practice becoming present to that. And, Mm -hmm. like, becoming present to that has helped me become present to the other things that matter. It's like like synonymous with Yes. How do you practice it? Making the space for it and trying. Just trying. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I... That is that's so profound, man. Um, the I f- I feel like I'm coming out of a place in life where I have similar experiences, like you do, like you're saying. Of if you want to have uh, this this spiritual experience, it needs to be here's the place for it. And I came out I came out of a, ba- a background and culture in relation to what we're talking about that said not on not only are we not only do we have it figured out in the framework that we've found out that works for us your only job is to go out and convince other people to fit into your own framework there's always an ulterior motive there's always every conversation had an ulterior motive and and it just couldn't be what it is and I realize now that I mean, even part of it, just talking with you, that I wonder how that's creeped into my it, my own personal mental processing of how I view the world. Oh, man, this thought of ulterior motive. Yeah. Whether it is musical, I'm in a situation if, uh, if for some reason uh, Christian couldn't find a pick and I, I was brought in to play bass cause I have the pick. Yeah. If I was playing with you, how much of what I'm playing has an ulterior motive to try to convince you that I'm a cool musician, that yeah. I've got my shit together and that you should, uh, we should make more of these moments yeah. happen so I can keep convincing you. And so, yes, or conversation, yeah. how many times do I, am I in this, like this a conversation, listening back to myself of a podcast episode and realizing, Oh, he he said something and it totally went over my head because I'm in my mind trying to think of the next thing I need to say to keep the conversation going. Right. Just this thought of ulterior motives. Yes. Uh, I, I'm just trying to think of, I'm trying to express multiple ways that this ulterior motive has seeped into my processing of how yes. I interact with the world around me. Do you know what Enneagram you are? Have you done yeah, that? Yeah. I'm, you- a t- I'm a two. Okay. And are you a two, three? I think I'm the wing thing is kind of confusing for me. I but I think I might be a two three because the the three is the battle is always um, what front are you putting up for people? Mm. And I have part of that. And the other one for me is the four, which is like trying to create something unique and yeah. not caring oh, yes. about that at all. Yeah. And I think the battle for me, and it sounds like for you, is the battle fr- versus um, this fine line between expression and impression. I'm trying to express something or, but it can really quickly get uh, muddied with trying to impress something or someone. 
And because it can be the exact same act, it's just intent separates it, you know? And for me, with this whole ulterior motive conversation, my process mentally, because I have to distill things down to bite size or my brain can't contain yeah. it. I don't have the IQ or bandwidth to like stay, stay that big with it. <laughs> yes. My, I, I realized that my, my first iteration of this was realizing I used to think this was checkers, but now I think it's chess. I used to think it was this way. And I was like realizing, oh no, it's more of a dance. And then I realized where I'm at now and I don't know where I'll be next year. It's not checkers. I think it might be gardening. Just trying to grow something, let things oh, die and let things gosh. live. Yes. And that that's the part to me that is like, when, when I feel things getting yucky inside of me, it's because I think it's checkers or chess. <sighs> Interesting. Yes. Oh man, that's so... And the interesting thing about that is you create, when you, uh, I'll just say myself, when I, when I am fully in checkers or chess mode in this analogy, mm-hmm. uh, the energy that I'm giving off to the universe is different oh, and it actually works against me. I found out yeah. a thing that I, uh, something I have written on my studio wall, um, is something Rob Bell, like a talk Rob Bell did a while back that said, the point was, the question for myself is, is this grasping energy or is it open-handed energy? Uh, and that kind of makes me think yes. of what you're saying of when I'm in, when you're doing the checkers or chess thing, you're trying to control it yeah. and things are going to fall aside. Then it, you don't allow, when you're trying to grasp onto something, not only, yeah, maybe, most likely it's going to slip through your fingers, first of all. Or you'll crush it. Or you'll crush it. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. your hope's not let go. And nothing better can be put in that you right. wouldn't have expected. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking of your growing analogy. Yeah. It's so beautiful because I think of you're watering different things. And part of that unexpected things could blossom. Kind of like we're ta- we were even talking about this of like, I didn't even expect this. Yes. And if yes. this grew because I was watering yes. this thing over here and I'm gardening, this came out of this this beautiful flower grew up over here and that's that's amazing. It couldn't have happened if I wasn't doing this. Yeah. But if I were to try to force it, it would never happened. Yes. Yeah. And there's something about gardening that I never cared about it growing up. Yeah. But now it's starting to become really meaningful to me hmm. and especially with the existential stuff that rises up like what is the point to all of this? And then you start to see the beauty in the cyclical, like nothing ever really dies. The season ends, it drops into the soil and prepares it for the next round of things to come up. Like it, the, all the ways in which it brings a peace to my anxiety and not needing to know answers has been really super helpful for me. Mm. Being outside of needing to put a stake in the ground, being outside of having to have definitive anything necessarily i mean there's a few things i'm still fairly definitive on but like yeah. helping me w- work toward like uh like unlocking the negative pieces of that oh man yes ah uh. we're getting into weird space man i love this <laughs> i love this man this is so speaking of uh i mean this this whole process that i worked through with, with these conversations i'm still trying to figure out okay i don't want to make this about me or talk too much, but I'm just thinking when you're saying this, I'm just, I can't help but think, uh, how much, uh, how much stuff in my own life right now would, it would be so much healthier if I had that mentality. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Me of, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
That's so good. I, I, I mean, I was going to say this earlier because I was like, man, if, if this would me, I might maybe would have the tendency to like edit myself out mm-hmm. of this stuff. I don't think you should though. Like whether I, whether or not you were thinking you might, like if I, if I'm of, thi- my, of this, this, this yeah, conversation. Like, yeah. Because this is, I, I think not many people are going to tune in being like, oh, I wonder what Aaron and Christian, like they're tuning into this because they, they care about what you're saying. And and you working it out, like the vulnerability of you working out this kind of stuff, yeah. I didn't have that modeled for me. Yeah. You, like, it is really important yes. to have that stuff modeled for you. I didn't have someone telling me in my 20s that like, oh yeah, it gets super dark and scary when you're chasing after something yes. unknown. Yeah. And and then it'll get better. And then it'll get worse. Worse than it was before. Mm-hmm. You know? But like, what's the... Uh, Khalil Gibran talking about like the deeper the canyon that the water cuts is like like the despair of the that gets cut in is like a bigger uh container to hold joy you know like yes every oh, time it gets man. dug yeah. down deeper and dug down deeper like i don't i wasn't hearing those things so i'm like yeah. is no one else losing their shit right now about just being on this planet in yes. space yes <laughs> <laughs> totally man yes and that is the problem with the problem with input, like uh, you're talking about someone modeling things for you, the input, is, the stuff that typically reaches us on a level of, say, uh, art or media, the stuff that reaches us that's example to us are people that have figured out to a certain point that, of how to put on the front that makes them sound good. Yeah. They've, 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 they're able to present in a way you didn't see I mean, I'm sure we were talking. We we're talking about Travis and you too. I mean, there had to be a point where those guys, um, there had to be a point where those guys questioned. Like the Edge had to be like, "Am I? What am I doing here?" He had. I mean, it's, it's stupid to think that the Edge hasn't been in a van driving down the road as someone else is driving yeah. the band, thinking, "Why the hell am I doing this music thing?" Yeah, and almost quitting. Maybe he was you in know? the guitar store, like. Do I buy this memory man pedal or do I yes. buy the suit for the job interview? Yes. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. But the deal, yeah, I mean, the deal is, though, it's not cool. Oh, the yeah. that that doesn't sell things right. musically. Right. That doesn't there has to there has to be a balance of that honesty and leaving it all in there, but a balance too where if you want to put this cool version of yourself out there because that's attractive. Yeah. And that's what, does that make sense at all? Oh, and man, all this, I'm, I'm just always thinking, like, what's the real story? How did this artist really get there? Yeah. And when you hear the actual story, I mean, I think the time that every once in a while an artist organically pops through and has this really amazing rise mm-hmm. because they, they stumbled onto something and like unearthed it. But most of the time there's a story that gets consciously cut out of the press byline right because it's so much cooler to not have that there was a connection they were born and raised in la and they're whatever like whatever it was yeah like um that that part gets cut out because it's not cool and it's not sexy but yes i love when people get up and they're and they're just really honest about like this is kind of this is how it happened Yes, and maybe this and is how okay. stuff works. Yes, because oh man, see the reason I okay, so I I'm constantly listening to other interviews because I'm fascinated with the behind the scenes, like you're saying, or, yeah. and I have started to place people in two categories, either um, 
people that are being interviewed and now I'm almost thinking about now that you're saying this, I'm almost thinking about myself where maybe even the person on the other side of the conversation too, where you are in the two categories I put them in are honest or thieves because you're either being honest oh my gosh. or you're, yeah. you are stealing, you're stealing the chance for someone to really understand how things work in, in the hopes that you can seem like you have it together a little bit yeah. more. Does that make sense? Yes. Dude, that's funny because you you blew my mind just now with that, and I thought you were going somewhere totally different with that. Oh yeah, I okay. Where do you think I was going? I, I feel bad because I feel like what you just said merits more discussion. So hopefully we can come back. <laughs> but I, there's there's two types of songwriters, and to me, and there's honest ones and there's thieves, and I don't th- mean thieves in like a pejorative even necessarily, except that about what I'm about to say. Songwriters, there's certain songwriters that are like moldable to like they can see something and they can become it they're kind of chameleons Mm. and they can sing about something and sell you on it that that's their reality and i the people i've known that are really really talented at doing that and write these amazing songs almost always have a little bit of trouble with the truth in real life like they maybe have a bit of like a liar interesting instinct in them and and then there's like a flip side where it's like uh certain people cannot their voices don't even work the same way they can't sing it right if it doesn't feel real to them yeah if it's not actually true to who they are Mm. and both are really valid forms of expression like even like bob dylan Mm -hmm. right like uh you read his stories and it's like he's always dropping little like easter egg lies all over the place for people to throw people off the trail of who he really is or like to disrupt their their view of who he is yeah and then he can go down these like really fantasy uh narratives so believably yes right yeah and um that that part is fascinating to me because those there's the mystique of you don't know really who he is yes exactly yeah And, and i think we all project but like i always hear that type of songwriter being like that's the kind of person I would hear say, like, man, if you can't sit and play it with an acoustic guitar, it's not a good song. You know, like, yeah, there's like these things that these categories fall into to me. But yeah. That, so that that was my... So what's more attractive to you? Um, or where do you fall? Let me, let me rephrase that. Let me go this way. Where do you fall in on in that? Are you someone that can... I, I can't I can't sing someone else's song. Huh. So I, and I'm not saying I'm like this like honest Abe who never lies, but I do, I do have a, a almost comical history of outing myself if I'm ever in a situation mm-hmm. where I'm I'm having to pretend something is what it's not. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I've I've been in the studio and I'm not going to say the name, but I've been tracking people who are very celebrated, award winning singer songwriters. And I watched them struggle, struggle, struggle until they found the voice to sing the song they're singing. And then all of a sudden it clicks on. It's like, all of a sudden it's that person. I'm like, there they are. Holy crap. And you can see? Their voice wouldn't even let them sing it. Really? It was tight, pitchy, awkward. And they kept staying in it, focused. And then all of a sudden they found it, like hit their heart and their voice opened up. And I was like, that's the voice I know from the records. Really? Yeah. How how do they find that? What what was the was the process? Did they just did just I just keep playing it, keep hitting record, and then outside of the melody, just this person specifically I'm thinking of right now, they didn't view it as 
this okay this moment was hugely impactful for me because mm. the word frustrated changed for me instead of feeling frustrated and being frustrated i started saying my pursuit is being frustrated right now but if i push through it to the other side that's where the that's where the reward comes from oh. after watching this person their attempt to sing the song was being frustrated by they hadn't found it yet in their heart their voice was locked up because of it and they stayed calm about it they didn't get they didn't feel frustrated and they just stayed in it and kept searching and searching for the the vibe and the spirit of what they were trying to sing and then when they finally found it everything opened up to them it was mind blowing man see that is crazy to i just i just imagine i'm just picturing myself uh being in that scenario of you seeing that happen and all of a sudden the light bulb going off of oh seeing what see there's so much value in seeing somebody not place frustration onto their identity yeah. i am mad right now oh i am frustrated gosh. this is not no this is this is happening to me and i i know from experience that if i push through this or just let it be if i garden right now and not stress about the chess yeah. side of it yes. that we're talking that it will there's a breakthrough on the other side yes but if you don't have that if you have, don't have it modeled to you if you don't see that you, have, you hasn't been experienced to you, i'm just thinking about so many times in my life how many times i've quit doing something because oh, that's just yes i must naturally not be good at that i'm not a good singer no yeah because i couldn't sing that song the way that yeah. person sang it and and then the flip side too is this singer this person hundreds of thousands of records sitting in a room with me this is like one of the first times we ever met and not being worried about the impression being worried about the expression oh. that that whole thing the whole thing oh. it just flipped everything i do up on its ass basically because I, yeah. I was like that's the it's the key right there this person did not care this person wasn't worried mm. about what i was thinking on this other side of the glass they're like i just want to get there yeah yeah i just want to grow it <laughs> yeah we're really long, right? We're so we're so into this. Here's what I want to do. I don't know if you're down for this. We would you want to do something like this again? Oh yeah. To do a part two? Yeah. Because uh, I want it's it's a moment that Christian had to leave. It'd be right. it'd be fun to come back and revisit some of the stuff or have the continue the conversation with the three yeah. of us. So if you're down for that, yeah. I know we hung out way longer than we were planning on to right now. It's one forty. Dude, I can't believe it's 1.40 right now. That's why uh, I'm so hungry and I have to pee so bad. I have to pee so bad too. Okay, so let's pause on this. Yeah. If you're cool, if you're down yeah. doing that, and let's pick this up yeah. with Christian. Thanks for sitting down with me. Dude, I freaking love it. Okay, to be continued.
Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast. Nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. Alright. That's it. Thanks. Uh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. (laughs) Say the most random thing you can think of. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. (laughs) Perfect.